We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. We're back here for another edition of The Breakdown on Kansas City Sports Network. I'm Matt Hamilton. That's Matt Castle. And guys, we saw a great one from the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football with that big, dramatic come-from-behind win against the Chargers. We're going to dig into the film in a little bit, go through some of the key plays from that game. But Matt, what impressed you the most about what you saw out of that Chiefs comeback on Sunday? You know, it's just the resiliency of this group. It's it's a- absolutely incredible that this team finds a way week in and week out, no matter what the circumstance is in which they can come from behind. They stay in the game. You always have a chance with the cool, calm composure of your quarterback. He just continues to make plays. Travis Kelsey made plays. And you know that Juju Smith-Schuster was out. McCole Hardman was out. So they didn't have their full array of weapons out there. But at the same time, they're able to continue to press the issue. And they always show up in big moments. I believe this is the 11th time in Patrick Mahomes' career where he had a come-from-behind victory in the fourth quarter. And it just, once again, it's the fun part about watching the Kansas City Chiefs right now because they're never out of a game no matter what the circumstance. And when you leave too much time on the clock, like the L.A. Chargers did and Justin Herbert, well, Patrick Mahomes has an opportunity. And most of the time, he capitalizes on those opportunities. And, yeah, not just Juju and Hartman being out, but then Kadarius Tony, who everybody expected yes. to go off, goes out early in the game too. And they still, as you said, they find ways to adapt and get the job done. And we saw, you know, we, we speculated, maybe we see the run game play a bigger role. We saw Isaiah Pacheco go off for over a hundred yards. We'll dig into his film a little bit today as well. Uh, but that drive, one of the things that really stood out to me, and it kind of got lost in the shuffle with all of Kelsey's heroics but remember, they went on that drive. It, it only resulted in a field goal as it ultimately stalled. But it was a nine-play, 56-yard drive that was eight runs and one offsides penalty. <laughs> right. And I, I thought that that kind of spoke volumes about what this – it was almost like they did it to show, like, hey, we can run the ball when we want to, when we have to, and, and we can put together a drive without Mahomes even having to do anything. Right. And I love the way in which they're able to navigate the personnel. And like you said, you 
really don't see that a lot of the Kansas City Chiefs offense. They are a pass-first, pass-happy offensive unit. But that drive right there showed everybody in the league, put everybody on notice and saying, hey, look, we might not always feature the run game, but we can do it. And Pacheco showed up in a big way. And like you said, we'll dive into some of this tape. But that was another impressive part of this game plan was they pivoted from all the throwing and all that stuff, and they relied a little bit more on that on that run game. And it was good to see them have success in the run game because I think that that will pay a lot of dividends down the road as they get down this stretch into these December games. Yeah, and I think it, it, it kind of changed the tone of this game a little bit too. Again, while it only resulted in a field goal, you know, they kept the ball away from Herbert Herbert for over five minutes. And uh, you know, it kind of it kind of took the air out of that building a little bit from those Charger fans. And you know, again, the third and short play call Maybe they should have gone to the air there and let Mahomes do something with it. We could talk about that, but um, but no, it was it was an incredible changeup, and it it did seem to kind of uh, shift the tide in that game a little bit as the Chiefs attempted to claw back. Uh, but let's start digging into the film right now. We got yeah. we got some good ones for you. Let's start with the run game and what Isaiah Pacheco was able to do. Uh, Matt, walk us through this play. Right. Well, right here, you've got a two tight end set. We call it 12 personnel. They motion down into stack. It's really a run pass option. If Mahomes likes the numbers down there, he can throw the bubble, but it's one over one. So when you look at it and they motion in that stack, you've got a guy for each of those guys. So you're going to hand off the ball. But what I love about this play, it's an over defense by over. I mean, you've got a three technique up top. You've got a nose guard back that creates doubles for you. So now you've got the power run game. You're going to pull your guard. You're going to pull your tackle. The biggest part about this is when you are running back and you get this ball, you want to have patience. You want to let those blocks get in and kind of dictate your path. So more patience is always important here. But you see the block down and then these two pulling the tackle and the guard do a great job with their kickout blocks. They get hats on hats. And then from here, the one thing that we even talked about, Hamilton, was you got to carry out your fakes as a quarterback. And you, and right here, as you see this, Patrick Mahomes does a good job of holding that ball in there and then taking a few steps. And that freezes Khalil Mack just enough to where he can't chase that the ball carrier down from behind. Here, Pacheco does a good job, sees it, bounces it outside. And it was just an outstanding job by the front, by the tight ends, everybody that was involved in the run game right here, and also the vision by Pacheco to get down and bounce it outside and get down the sideline. And this was the first play of that drive we were talking about, the the nine-play drive in which Patrick Mahomes didn't even attempt to pass. And, uh, yeah, I just love it. It is – it's almost – it's so counterintuitive. Leaving Khalil Mack unblocked seems like a bad idea, but with Mahomes reading off him and being able to carry out the way he did, it's just, you know, you're able to take him out of the play without even touching him, which also gives you numbers to the play side that the Chiefs were able to exploit. So uh, fantastic design, fantastic execution, and just good hard running from Pacheco. Yeah, and the thing that I like about these power plays, it's an attitude, it's a mindset. And the big guys usually get really excited when you're running power because guess what? You're coming downhill, they're cleaning out the gaps, It's and it's forceful. You get a lot of double teams up there, and then you get the kickout blocks. And I'm telling you, these guys, they start salivating. When you say power, they're like, okay, let's go. Because it's downhill running, these guys are going to get on – on to the second level, and it's just a really good way to set the tone, especially with the first play out of the box and to open up the series. Absolutely, and while it was awesome to see this run game get going, 
we know the real story of the game was Travis Kelsey and what he was able to do in the fourth quarter. So let's look at that, that his second touchdown of the game, but the first one of that fourth quarter comeback, Matt, what did you see here? Yeah, right here, you're getting a bunch set up top. Travis Kelsey is sitting outside. They're showing man-to-man defense, and it plays out just like this. They're playing blitz one. They're going to bring an extra defender. They're going to jab one of those interior, that Mike linebacker right there. They're going to jab him out to give presence in the middle of the field. But the interesting part about this play is there's so many different combinations in which the defensive backs can play, but they lock it across the board. What, what makes that very difficult on the defender over Travis Kelsey is now – there's no he doesn't really have any help other than that that linebacker that's dropped out. Now he kind of gets lost in space, but Travis runs right through that. He's already got a beat on that outside defender because he's got leverage. So now Travis has run that shallow route. You got Fortson right in behind him on the basic. Down low, you've got the go route if you want it, but because of the leverage, because Kelsey beats him, runs through that, it's a really easy read for Patrick Mahomes because it's it's honestly a progression read. He sees him open right now, gives him a ball that he can catch, and of course, Travis Kelsey does what he's best at. He's special with the ball in his hands, goes, picks up the yak yards, makes one defender miss, and goes down the sideline. And again, the one thing that I love, Hamilton, on this is the effort after the ball's caught by his teammates to go pick up a block to spring him open. Look at the effort right there, because if those guys just are lazy, which sometimes you see, he doesn't make that touchdown. Absolutely. And this is, uh, we've, we've kind of talked about it all year, the Chiefs' willingness to go to these 13 personnel looks. It was more important than ever in this game with the issues at wide receiver health-wise. They went, they went to, the, to 13 personnel a lot, and those tight ends, as they've continued to do all year, all made big plays. It wasn't just Kelsey. Obviously, Kelsey made the most impactful plays. But Gray had another big catch. Fortson obviously had a huge catch downfield. And you're right, the effort level, the selflessness for these guys to get involved and help spring Kelsey for the touchdown. And the other thing that stood out to me here was Mahomes. A lot of quarterbacks, you know, you see the blitz coming. You know Kelsey, the, the DB's playing outside leverage on Kelsey, so you're going to have him to the inside. A lot of quarterbacks will try to get rid of this ball quickly you know before that blitz can get home but the Chargers, with the Chargers dropping that Mike linebacker into his throwing lane he's wait he waits for that second window and that's what allows Kelsey to do what he's able to do after the catch because you know you'll see quarterbacks get trapped into interceptions in this situation Right. And, and his awareness, too, of where that defender is. Like you said, a lot of times when you feel that blitz coming, you know that there's a sense of urgency. And sometimes that guy can fall right out and you don't even see him because he's bluffing the blitz and then going out. But Patrick Mahomes is so aware, situationally aware, and also understands what's going on that, as you said, it was an outstanding job by him of not forcing the issue right away, even though Kelsey won off right off the snap but letting him get into that second window to where he's got a clean throwing lane, he can hit him and continue to run. And we, we'll see a little more of the same on this next play with the, with the Chargers deciding to go uh, with a man look. And again, we saw earlier in the year some teams like the Raiders and the Bills have some success going to man coverage at points in games against the Chiefs, but It was not working here for the Chargers and and the way the Chiefs were able to exploit it. And and you see it again here with those uh, with those shallow crossers. 
It's the shallow crossers, and, and those shallow crossers are meant to beat man coverage because you get a natural rub. And this is also one of these plays that we looked at last week where Patrick Mahomes hit the wheel route, if you recall. So you've got the post on the outside, you got the wheel coming in behind it, and then you've got the rub route with Travis coming underneath Noah Gray here to create the separation. And it's executed beautifully. It's a pure progression read, left to right. And as you see it, it's man coverage once again with a robber in the middle of the field. It's post safety man with a robber but that robber gets lost in the shuffle he's not he's supposed to look for work he doesn't overcommit. he's just kind of stand there stale the rub route comes across kelsey beats his guy coming right out underneath noah gray's wake he's able to create separation get open patrick recognizes it gives him a good ball that he's able to maintain his speed and keep running yeah i believe it's watson there uh on the other cross I want to make sure he gets his credit because he does a great job too. He doesn't even, you know, a lot of times you see uh, that's where those offensive pass interferences can come into play, those pick plays. He does a great job creating traffic. He makes Derwin have to slow himself down but doesn't make contact and doesn't even give the refs a chance to make that type of a call in that situation. Um, so he just executes that perfectly. And then once, once Kelsey's able to get that leverage on Derwin, it's over. Right, it's over. And my, my fault here, Justin Watson, you deserve all the credit on this one, okay? That's, that's <laughs> bad. But like you said, the biggest part about these pick plays, when they teach it, is as you're coming in, you cannot create contact with that defender. Now, you can maintain where you're going, but you have to make him miss or avoid contact because if he makes contact with Derwin James right there with an elbow, with anything like that, it will be called as a natural pick play. But because he does such a good job of – impeding his path, but then avoiding contact. That is really what makes this play and why it's so successful. Yeah, and it really – and and again, so much credit goes to Kelsey for what he he's able to do, and especially once he gets the ball in his hands. He's just, he's just so good after the catch. Uh, but it is. It's a team effort. Once again, it's everybody doing their jobs and executing, and that's, that's really the hallmark of this team more than anything. And it, it has been for years, but I think especially this year – because of all the rotating pieces that we've seen in this offense because of injuries and just because of the depth that the Chiefs have and the versatility they have uh, across all their position groups, really. It's, uh, it's just been incredible to see. It's, it's incredible coaching, but it's also the commitment and the buy-in from these players. Right. And like you said, though, it is so hard to get everybody on the same page when you're rotating so many guys in and injuries happen. Certain players are out. But then when you get down to your second, your third string wide receiver, sometimes your fourth string wide receiver, they're not as in, in tune with what's going on. And sometimes mistakes happen, even at the tight end position. When you go for weeks on end and you're maybe not the featured guy, it's sometimes hard to get those guys caught up to speed. What's amazing about this team is that whoever's on the field, it doesn't look like they're out of sorts. It doesn't look like there's confusion, that they're playing slow. They're playing at a high level. That speaks to the commitment of the players, but it also speaks to the coaching staff and how they're able to put together a system and formulate something uh, game plan wise that everybody knows what to do. So, I mean, uh, my hats off go off to them and they deserve a ton of credit. Absolutely. And it was cool to see you, you talk about guys rotating in and, and stepping up. It was cool to see Sky Moore have a few moments because I think he was the right. guy going into the year, second round pick. We thought he'd have a bigger role in this offense than he's ended up having. The Kadarius Tony trade, I think, was a, was a, had has to be looked at as a little bit of a knock against him because he was supposed to be the guy that could play that role that they're that they brought in Tony to play 
And, uh, you know, once Tony went down, we saw Sky Moore really get opportunities and he made plays. It was uh, it was a big moment for him in this game as well. Absolutely. And, and that's the one part about this league is sometimes competition. When they bring in competition, some guys will sit there and say, well, why'd they bring him in and make excuses and this, that, and the other. Other guys will put their head down, grind harder. And you could see when Sky Moore's opportunities came up, he made some plays and he did the things that he needed to do. And he's a guy that's still new in this system. But again, like you said, it's maybe something that it, there was a little extra motivation to say, you know, look, I know that you guys – don't think enough of me where you go out and get a guy like Kadarius Tony, even though it was a good, smart move by the organization. But to him, maybe that's even upped his game a little bit. And he's saying, I got to work this much harder because I got to earn my keep on this team because there are so many contributors. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I've got to tell you about our friends at Liquid Death. And by now, you know that those strange tall boys in that bottled water section it's not actually beer. It's a uh, mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. It's a crazy new water brand. Cans look wild. I've got one right here. You know I've already got the severed lime with me. One of my favorite flavors. My favorite flavor, actually, of the Liquid Death. It comes in uh, de several different flavors if you want the sparkling water, the still water. It's all great. But why is it called Liquid Death? Well, it'll brutally murder your thirst. That's why. And their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are here to bring death to plastic pollution. I'd love to see that. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to kill plastic pollution as well. Here's what you got to do. You got to go to liquiddeath.com uh, slash KCSN to use their store locator tool, or you can go uh, find Liquid Death at your Target, Walmart, 7-Eleven, or again, go to liquiddeath.com slash KCSN, find a store locator tool, use that, and that's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get back to the show. Absolutely. And, uh, and we've seen it all year. I mean, everybody, it just seems like everybody that gets thrust into a role where they have to step up and, and perform and step their game up. They just, they seem to rise to the occasion for this Chiefs team. And, yeah. uh, but now I, I want to look ahead to, to this weekend's matchup mm -hmm. against the Rams. Obviously the Rams are a hot mess right now. Uh, yes, Stafford yeah. is in concussion protocol. Mm -hmm. John Wolford, his backup, is out all indications right now, or it's it's going to be Bryce Perkins, uh, undrafted free agent that's going to get the start. The, the Rams also just cut their starting running back, Daryl Henderson. Um, we don't know exactly what happened there, but Henderson seemed happy about about getting out of there. They're three and seven. Um, it's just 
it's not happening for them this year. It's, it's almost, I know Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are still going to be out there, but it's hard to see envision a world in which the Rams are able to win this game. Um, right. But I want to get, I want to get philosophical with you for a second. here. Yeah, Matt, it's philosophical. It's philosophical. <laughs> so when I look, when I look at these two teams, I see two very different approaches to building an organization. Mm-hmm. We saw the Rams with the F them picks mindset. Let's trade away all our draft picks, right. try to get stars in here, go all out to win a Super Bowl. And Hey, it worked. And I think you take that trade off any time, but I think part of the reason they've had these struggles this year, obviously they've had some bad luck with injuries, but they lost, they lost pieces on the offensive line that they weren't able to replace. Right. They don't have a lot of depth because they haven't had draft picks to replenish that talent pool. And they put themselves in a, in a difficult situation cap wise too. So as those injuries happen again, we see the chiefs, they're able, they have a bunch of injuries too. They're, they have guys that are ready and able to step up and fill in. The Rams don't really have that. And so the Rams taking that FM picks approach, the chiefs, on the other hand, they trade away. They're in their Super Bowl contending window right now. They trade away one of their biggest stars in order to retool and solidify the foundation of this team with some more draft picks. And I think what you're seeing, the Rams are paying the price for taking that all-in approach, whereas the Chiefs, I think, have built a sustainable, consistent contender that we're going to see kind of be able to keep this going for the foreseeable future. And, you know, you were in a place in new England where that was kind of the mentality as well. If, if guys are get are getting overpaid, if we, you know, let's not be afraid to move on. Let's trust our front office, our ability to draft and try to replenish the talent pool instead of clutching onto these veterans and putting ourselves in a bad cap situation or a bad situation with draft picks. Right. And that's the interesting part. Like you said, you either build within the draft or as a team like the Rams, who I think has done it unconventionally, right? The the way in which they've built this team, their championship team, even last year, they will give away draft picks for veteran players. They brought in Von Miller last year and it paid dividends. They brought in Matthew Stafford, obviously, but is that sustainable for the long term? And that's what you're talking about right now. The Kansas City Chiefs and what they've done and how they've drafted. And even though you take a key component of your offense and a, a huge part of the success of what you've built there at Kansas City with Tyreek Hill and you trade him, but all of a sudden the draft capital that comes back to that. And then you go out and you get players, right? And everybody's saying, what, why would you do that? But you look and you're also able to spend money on veteran players like Juju Smith or MBS and guys like that. And then build that organization from the bottom up in which they continue to do. They continue to replenish. And so they've done a remarkable job. And I don't know if all of the woes of this year for the L.A. Rams are just because of how they approach the draft. But at the same time, you're looking at it down the road and for the future. And the Kansas City Chiefs right now are built for success in the future with a lot of young players that are going to be on that team, a lot of quality draft picks that are all contributors, whereas the Rams are now looking at when they get to this offseason going, where do we go from here? Because like you said, it comes down to cap space. It comes down to draft capital, which they are very limited there. And they've got a lot of older veterans on this team, including Matthew Stafford, who's their starting quarterback. Yeah, and, and obviously having Mahomes makes it easier to take this approach when you know you have that position solidified for so long. Um, but, yeah, and, and again, I, you take that trade-off from the Rams' perspective, absolutely, you got your Super Bowl ring, it worked. But, I don't know, when I'm building a team, I'm looking at building something that's long-term sustainable. I don't want to, you know, it, 
I want to win more than one. Or I want to create a dynasty. I want my team to leave an impact on the fabric of this league. And I think that's what the Chiefs have built. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see over these next few years kind of how they're able to continue to expand on that. And, you know, obviously the hope is that, you, that you're able to cash in a few more times off of that. Um, but I think ideally, like, this is how you want to build your team. And, uh, you know, again, you're right. The Rams have other issues, too. But we are. We're seeing it. We're seeing it impact them for sure. It is, but I guarantee all the Rams organization and everybody over there have no regrets because they went out and they won oh, the yeah. Super Bowl last year. So they, I know that this year they've been on the struggle bus all year long, but if you look back and you say, hey, look, we, we just won a Super Bowl last year. So I know that they've got yeah. a ways to go this year. They're three and seven. They're struggling football team, but they're not going to sit here and second guess themselves on how they achieved that Super Bowl because they did it and they took it, like I said, an unorthodox approach to it, but they got the ultimate goal in this league, which is to go win a Super Bowl. And right now, whether or not that pays, whether or not that really impacts them down the road, only time will tell. Absolutely. And, uh, but yeah, I think we both kind of agree, right? Like this, this weekend is, is probably going to be a little lopsided in the Chiefs' favor, right? I would have to think when you got a young quarterback in there too, Bryce Perkins making his first start undrafted, all those different things, you're trying to lean on your run game. Well, they don't have a run game either. They, they haven't been able to get the run game going. They've been in disarray with the offensive line. You don't want to go out and throw the ball. So Kansas City Chiefs are going to load the box, make this guy beat him, make him, make him have a lot of different looks, a variety of looks on the defensive side come after him, pressure him, and make him throw the ball, which is a good recipe for success for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then the defense, obviously, there's still a problem. Aaron Donald, I think Leonard Floyd is a good player as well. They can get after you. you got to always be aware of Jalen Ramsey. The interesting part about the L.A. Rams this year defensively is they've been pretty good against the run. Where they've really struggled is against the pass, which you would think it might be a little bit opposite of that. And so it is uh, one of those games that I think the Kansas City Chiefs can go out and feast a little bit, get after this zone. They, they primarily in a zone defense, and so that really bodes well for the Kansas City Chiefs offense because they can just pick you apart. And we've seen this year Patrick Mahomes, the evolution of him, the maturation of taking what they give you, and it's going to be a tough day for the L.A. Rams, particularly because of the backup quarterback or the third-string quarterback being in there in his first start. Yeah, and you mentioned the Rams' passing game struggles uh, defensively. Jalen Ramsey, we've seen him get torched almost every week. There's been at least one play every week where he gives up a huge, huge uh, gain or a touchdown. And and last week it was Olave just running right by him and just burning him. And, I mean, Olave is a fantastic rookie. He's going to be a great player in this league. Really it has to be concerning when you see that happen week in and week out with a guy who's supposed to be one of the top corners in the NFL. Yeah, you're a perennial all-pro. We put you out there because we think that you're going to be our shutdown guy. And it is definitely concerning when you have a shutdown corner that you're depending on that keeps giving up big play after big play. And I don't know why the fall-off or the drop-off has been, but there's something that's being given up in film study for these guys, these wide receivers, these coaches that are watching the film against Jalen Ramsey and starting to figure out maybe tendencies or where they can attack him differently, whether it's double move, whether it's top-end speed. Because I think Jalen Ramsey, the biggest part of his game has always been his physicality at the line of scrimmage. If he can get his hands on you, he's long and he's tough to get off of. But if you can beat him, you can beat him with long speed because at the top end, I don't think that he has the best top end speed. Whereas you've seen some of these guys, like you just pointed to Olave going down and just running right past him. So that's something that I'm sure that their teams are starting to get a beat on, on Jalen Ramsey and how to attack him. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and taking advantage, I think, he, of his aggressiveness, too, because we've seen that's something that's allowed him to make a lot of big plays, but it always leaves you susceptible, too. So I think I think we both agree Chiefs are going to win this game. There is one more thing I wanted to pick your brain on. We got some news this morning. Just from a quarterback perspective, uh, Zach Wilson is getting benched for Mike White. Right. New York. We heard the, the press conference comments about him not really, you know, they asked if uh, he felt he owed the defense a better effort. Uh, he said no, <laughs> not at all, even though the Jets only scored three points against the Patriots. So I just want to get your perspective with Salah making this decision to bench Zach. And obviously that seems to have been a factor, but I, I, the play was also a factor because he's been, he's been really struggling lately. What do you make of this move right now for, for Salah to, to sit down, this guy that they're hoping to be their franchise quarterback in the future uh, do you think it's the right decision to kind of pull him out of the fire and set him aside? I think so, because he's got a lot of growth. And I know that it's not all on him. And while his record, he's five and two as a starter this season, he really hasn't been able to demonstrate why he should be the franchise quarterback. And the two losses to the New England Patriots, particularly this last one where he really struggled, he had 77 yards passing. He put the ball in harm's way multiple times, even though the Patriots didn't come up with interceptions, but they had two total yards. I think they had five or six, three and outs in the second half. They could not sustain anything. He was missing throws, even simple checkdowns on the outside. He sent air, air mailing them over. So he's needs time to sit there, watch, become a professional because he's got a skill set. And I know that, but it's also how he approaches it. The hardest thing for young quarterbacks to do, I think, is to be accountable. And that's what you want to see after the game. You have to go up there and as tough as it is, you have to sit there and say, hey, look, that's on me. I've got to play better. I'm going to do everything within my power, which is the truth. Most of us will go out there and do everything that we could possibly do to correct a wrong and to not make those mistakes or play better. Because right now this team is really good defensively for the New York Jets. But offensively, they've struggled. They've had some injuries, but they want to win the game with their run game, but they also need some production in the pass game. And he's not giving it to him right now. He's putting the ball in harm's way. He makes not, not so good decisions and he just looks out of sorts. So why not go with two, one of the other guys, give them an opportunity, see if you can have more success because they're still in the hunt in the AFC East. Yeah, they absolutely are. They're still in a playoff spot as of today. And I think, uh, you know, when you look at, What's concerning is that it, he doesn't seem to get it. It's one thing if a guy's struggling and you see he's working on the right things and he's progressing through it and he's saying the right things and he seems to understand 
that he's the problem, then you're willing to to let him work through it. But I think it, it was almost it was almost delusional seeing them, him the way he was after the game, right? Right. It's it's like this cockiness of arrogance. But guess what? In this league, you got to earn it week in and week out. And he hasn't earned any, anything, right? Going back to his rookie year, even up to this point in his career, this second season, I know that he got injured early on. But at the same time, you can't go out there and act like you've made it when you haven't and you're not performing well. Instead, you've got to humble yourself and say, look, I take full responsibility. I've got to play better. I've got to do things in my power. But you also, from a coaching standpoint, an evaluation standpoint, you've got to see growth. And right now, that's the factor that they're not seeing from Zach Wilson from one week to the next. They're not seeing tremendous growth. He's still putting the ball at risk. He's still airmailing throws that he should make that will put them in a better first, I mean, third down situation. And you see that consistently. And that's a part of it. He's inconsistent. And But I just can't imagine why he would go up there and act like, no, no, I don't feel like I let the defense down. You absolutely did. That defense played their butts off all game long. They gave up three points to the New England Patriots offense. And really, it was a special teams play at the end of the game, a return punt that won the game for the New England Patriots. But it was by no help of the New York Jets offense in Zach Wilson. Absolutely. And, and hopefully we see Zach get it together. You know, again, we're positive. We root for everybody in this league. We want to see guys have success. We know the physical skill set is there. Hopefully this is something he can mature through and, and figure out um, because uh, coming into the draft, we heard the skill set compared to Mahomes a lot throughout that process. And obviously things have not worked out that way for him thus far, but um, you know, we want to see these young players have success. Hopefully he can get on the right track and, and figure it out. Um, but yeah, and guys, before we go, just want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Matt, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. I know you're on the, a ski trip that we're all jealous of right now. <laughs> you too, brother. I'm grateful for you. I appreciate it. Grateful for everybody out there. Uh, grateful for you too, man, and, and for our guy, Tucker. Oh, Tucker's the man. For, he's the best. Um, and, and thank you for everybody out there listening, taking the time to, to listen to us drone on about football. We, we're appreciative of the opportunity. And uh, we'll be right back here next week to break down that matchup against the Rams and look ahead to what's coming for the Chiefs. So for Matt Castle, I'm Matt Hamilton, and we'll see you guys next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.